Let's talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. That's right. No more excuses. Get your lazy ass off the couch. Go start a podcast. There's the creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone with computer. Once again, no more excuses. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Could it be easier? Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. They're paying us for this ad. Thank you very much, Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. This is The Dime, a 10-minute dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. Okay, it is the week of May 28th. As always, I've got my right-hand man, Kellen Finney, here. This is The Dime. This week, we're talking about delivery and online shopping not going away. BDSA compared transaction percentages for the first two weeks of March versus the first two weeks of May. Deliveries increased by 166%. Understanding that COVID had a major impact on that increase, the major takeaway is that deliveries are here to stay. Kellen. Do you believe deliveries and curbside pickups of cannabis are here to stay for good? Yes, I do. Main reason, I think, is that um, anyone that purchased cannabis prior to legalization, this is probably how they got their cannabis from curbside pickup or a delivery from their good buddy came and stopped by their house. And so it's natural to people. It's comfortable. It plays with all of the social distancing guidelines. So I think that, A, it's here to stay. And I think that not only is it here to stay, but it, it, it kind of evens the playing field for, for the white market. That's, that's how I got cannabis was either curbside pickup or delivery. Um, what about you, Brian? Is that something you were used to getting cannabis over in New York? I know that they do it a little different over there, but. That's the only way I'm used to getting cannabis delivered is to have someone come drop it off in my house and. I think it's funny that the cat's out of the bag now. At the end of the day, once the consumers get comfortable with an idea, whether that's online delivery, right, with Amazon, where the two-day delivery, now everyone's expectation is two days or nothing. I think the same thing with cannabis. I think when you see in other states the success of how these deliveries work, especially with food deliveries and, and how the ease and the comfort, I think as consumers adjust and their understanding of behaviors adjust, they're going to become accepting with this and it's something that they're going to have to make mainstay. I think cat's out of the bag and I'm, I'm grateful that cannabis companies are going to have this opportunity because it, it is going to make a big difference for them. And I think it's going to expand the type of reach that these people have. Next question, Kellen, give a key consideration that is sometimes overlooked by companies looking to enter the delivery space. Storage. Cannabis products are vast, right? A lot of people don't understand that it's not just, it's not just flour that people purchase, right? Um, flour is the main, main item that's purchased and it accounts for probably a third of all cannabis items that are purchased. And even flour comes in a myriad of different containers that all need to be stored proper, stored differently. Um, but then there's concentrates, right? Uh, you have dabs that they're stored in, one gram drams, which are these little tiny glass containers that hold the concentrate. And say you have 10 of those and you store them upright and then all the concentrate will leak out and exit the container because it's not foolproof containers because they're still learning. So then you have a giant mess of concentrates in an individual's car and they're driving around. It's 
a lot of people overlook it. They just think, hey, I just need a car and I need a guy to drive the car and I need an app and some software for people to place orders on and that needs to coordinate with my my driver. And yes, all that does need to happen, but the storage of the product, I think it's just completely overlooked and people just think they're throwing a, a bag of chips in their car. I think that that's going to be the number one thing that's going to have to be pursued, especially with temperature changes and all these other variables in a car. Either that or they're going to have to make it temperature controlled, humidity controlled within these vehicles. Now the cost of just one vehicle is going to increase dramatically, let alone the fuel cost of adding all that weight to the car. There's a ton of different things that I see people just don't even consider when they're just saying, oh, I'm going to start a delivery service. I can create a software app that has geolocation and tracking. I think that that's the number one thing that's overlooked when people are trying to jump into the cannabis delivery space specifically. Brian, do you think that cannabis storage, is that something that would occur to you if you were starting a delivery business? Yeah. And I, I spot on, right. You're not going to want to spend a hundred dollars on edibles and you get them and you, you take out your gummies and you're like, these are melting. What? Or when you, when you order a pizza, right. And it takes 45 minutes, some got out way and it gets to your house and it's cold and you're like, what did I just buy? I think the same concept, people are going to have to figure out how to store their products. But I wonder how that's going to work and what other avenues are they going to have? Because our all products, they don't all need to be stored the same way. So it's not like you can have like a temperature control device. Maybe you put certain products in, certain products not. But now you're retrofitting cars in order to transport cannabis, which is going to have its own other flaw. So I think that's a big space that's still going to be disrupted. And I, I wonder how Ease does it and I wonder what type of situations that they have. And I wonder if that's a hurdle that they've overcome. But at the end of the day, I think there's still a huge opportunity for disruption in that space. And I think there's a lot of technology and new avenues that are going to come from it that hopefully make the whole process a little cleaner. Prediction time. Cannabis deliveries will be an interesting situation for law enforcement. Biggest hurdle for this to work successfully. Law enforcement is going to need a way to test for the presence of THC. And then they're gonna have to screen that with the license that says either they're able to or they're not. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, the law enforcement is gonna need some sort of means to be able to figure out if an individual is transporting THC-rich cannabis or CBD-rich cannabis, hemp. Uh, then they need a way to differentiate those. And they need to do it right there when they pulled the portion over and they after they've searched the car, it can't be something like, hang out here while we run to the nearest cannabis testing lab and get this tested and we'll wait three to five business days. You know what I mean? Like the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the individuals in the, in the space are operating. So I think that's exactly what needs to happen. And I think that, I mean, there's a lot of companies working on it right now, maybe five years. The biggest hurdle with that is going to be getting it to be adopted by the government in terms of implementing. How much cannabis is too much cannabis in a delivery car? How are they going to identify the amounts and say, okay, you know what, Kellen, you're delivering for Trulia and you've got 10 pounds of marijuana. It doesn't seem like you're doing deliveries of 10, 10, 10 pounds. And, and how do you associate that? Because how do you weigh concentrates, edibles, oils, flour as a total mass being? I think it's going to get really blurry, especially when you start to get some of the younger generation who's like, oh, officer, I know I'm holding six pounds of weed, but I work for this company. And then they're like, okay, where's your license? And you're like, this is my license. And they're like, well, that's a lot of weed to be delivering to 
Mr. Miller's house who's got maybe glaucoma. So at the end of the day, I wonder how that's going to work. I, I honestly don't have an idea because there's so many different variables at play there, especially with police officers and the stigma with cannabis and the smell of it. it it's going to get really interesting because if, if a police officer pulls over a car and he smells pot, he's going to probably search the car or maybe he used to search the car. But now if you're, if you're transporting a ton of different products, I mean, it's going to be quite the, the, the breakdown. He's going to ask for like, what, like a breakdown sheet in like clear plastic bags with licensing and, and delivery information. It, it's going to be an interesting opportunity and it's going to be a big hurdle, I think, for these companies. And once again, I, I wonder how Ease is handling that and I wonder what the next steps will be in order to communicate clearness, effectiveness, licensing, all those other policies. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the advancements there. Yeah, I think they'll probably have to make a whole new category because like you're only allowed to have an ounce on you personally. And then if that's the limiting factor that the delivery cars can only have an ounce because it's their personal car that they're using, right, then you're going to have to station your fulfillment centers and kind of follow Jimmy John's delivery kind of model where within a certain radius of the fulfillment centers. So it's almost like they need to generate legislation just for deliveries. Or we just let Amazon do what they do best and just deliver my packages, my food, and my cannabis all at the same time. So all right. what year do you think Amazon delivers cannabis, Ryan? Probably soon. And I just have to make this thing. I am a long-term investor in Amazon. So I have to put that up Go ahead, Amazon. They're probably the best time. And 2025, you think Amazon's considering cannabis? Probably sooner. 2024? I can't wait until my drone is dropping off my pizza, my edibles, and the nine packages my wife ordered in the last seven days. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the dime. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.